So we're back to the discussion in this province about electing our senators. We took a pause for a while. We had it in place uh, for a number of years, and we did put forward 10 names, five of whom ultimately made it onto the Senate, uh, appointed by conservative prime ministers. Um, Things changed once again under Justin Trudeau as he changed the way that senators are selected. Uh, It used to be just handpicked by the prime minister. Um, Now it goes to an advisory panel that puts forward a list of names, and the prime minister picks from them. Uh, ostensibly it is more independent that way. It's not a political appointage, which we, which we know these, these appointments have been very political in the past, uh, going back a number of years. They were pure patronage, and often you would see a prime minister who was leaving office, and one of his last acts would be to pick a bunch of senators, to fill a bunch of vacancies with, you know, political allies, and, and that's the way that it's gone. There's a lot of skepticism and suspicion around our Senate. What about this new system versus electing our senators? What's the better way to go? Well, let's find out from a senator. Paula Simons joins us now. Um, senator Simons, thanks so much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Well, it's very nice, because I haven't spoken to you since we each had our new jobs. So It's been a while, right? <laughs> this, is, this is very nice. Yeah, and, you it, know, I, mean, I have to start by saying, of course, I was appointed under the new system, and right? so people, people may legitimately say, well... That's hardly an unbiased opinion. But I spent a lot of time going out to high schools and universities and grade six classes and rotary clubs explaining how the Senate works. And so I hope that I can, you know, shed some light that's a little less partisan and not just heat. Now, uh, as you might expect, um, we're talking to an Alberta audience and my text line is full of people very upset with me, uh, even suggesting the fact that this might be just political posturing and a fool's errand because it won't actually move the needle. Um, They're saying this needs to be done. Elected senators are the only way to hold the Senate accountable. It's the only way to put pressure on the Prime Minister to make sure the will of the people is represented. Those are fair arguments, Paula. Here's the challenge. In 2013, Prime Minister Stephen Harper went to the Supreme Court and said, Lots of people are unhappy with the Senate. I'd like to make some reforms. And he gave the Supreme Court a kind of a list of things, you know, he'd like them to ask about. You know, the, the, sort of, the, he sought a reference to the Supreme Court. He said, can I do this? Can I do that? And one of the things that he asked them was, could he have the provinces hold elections and then appoint the senators who won those elections? And the Supreme Court was pretty emphatic when it said no. The Supreme Court said that that would require a full-on amendment of the Constitution because electing senators would upend the whole formula on which Canada's parliament is based. And so the Supreme Court said, if you want to have elections, okay, what you will require is uh, a constitutional amendment which wins the support of uh, uh, two-thirds of provinces, basically two-thirds of provinces that represent 50% of the population. Um, And that's a pretty high bar. And so after that decision, you'll notice that Alberta's conservative premiers stopped holding Senate elections because it was pretty plain from the Supreme Court that this was not going to fly. And when Justin Trudeau became leader of the Liberal Party, he inherited a party that was riven by Senate scandal. And so what he did was he kicked all the Liberal senators out of his caucus and said, you can't be members of the Liberal caucus anymore. Uh, I'm not going to acknowledge you as Liberal senators. And then once he won, which was, of course, quite unexpected because he'd been in third place when that election uh, sort of writ dropped, uh, he went one further and he set up a system that was designed to remove patronage from the appointment process. So he set up the, this independent advisory committee, which operates at arm's length. Mm-hmm. Someone might question the length of the arms, but it's uh, at arm's length. And any Canadian over the age of 30 who owns $4,000 worth of real property can apply 
to be a senator. So it's designed to be a merit-based competition. It's a little like applying for, for you know, a university scholarship. You write a letter of, uh, you get three letters of recommendation, you write an essay about why you think you'd be a good senator, you have to answer some school testing questions. And it, the process is designed to make the Senate, the Senate less partisan, uh, more independent. And as a result of this system, uh, the Prime Minister has, uh, you know, the, the, through this process, uh, added more than 50 people to the Senate, plus a bunch of other senators, including Alberta's two previously elected senators, Scott Tannis and Doug Black, have all decided to sit as independents. So right now, in the Senate, about 75-78% of senators are independent with no party affiliation whatsoever. And there's still 20, soon to be 19, this is a retirement coming up, conservative senators who are the official opposition. All the rest of us are independent. We're unwhipped. We don't vote the way any party, party leader tells us to. And that has given us tremendous power to advocate for our regions um, in the way that Senator Tannis, Senator Black, Senator Labakin Benson and I do on behalf of Alberta. Okay, let's break that down a little bit and slow down a bit here. Now, when we talk about this independent advisory panel, how independent is it? As you said, we may question the length of the arms in this arms length process. How does that work and how can Canadians be confident that this isn't just uh, an added layer of insulation from being accused of being partisan, but ultimately the prime minister still picks anyway, so it can be totally partisan anyhow. one from Quebec and one from Alberta, uh, Melissa Blake, who was the former mayor of Wood Buffalo, uh, and they were the permanent members. And then for each province, as sort of your turn for appointments came up, uh, there were two people added uh, from the province to the, you know, for, you know so if, if, it's, it's a, if there's a Senate vacancy in Saskatchewan, you've got the three permanent members plus two from Saskatchewan. You know, and this is how basically, you know, it's not dissimilar from the way we appoint judges. Right, right. So the idea is to make it as insulated from politics as possible. But of course, I mean, the part of me that used to be a journalist says, yeah, but who do you appoint to the advisory committee? Exactly. Are they, are they people who share your worldview? Um, and, you know, who are you appointing? Is it, oh, by magic, you're appointing a bunch of people who used to be liberals? Uh, I have to say, some of the people they've appointed did have previous ties to the Liberal Party, which always makes me a little, a little uncomfortable. But lots of them did not. Um, you know, and if I can look at the two most recent Alberta appointments, Patty Labacan Benson, uh, who was appointed uh, the same day that I was, was a former member of the Progressive Conservative Party, had worked on Jim Prentice's campaign. I mean, she was not, she was not, you know, like a... Uh, uh, clearly not liberal. Yeah, clearly, clearly not a liberal. I mean, somebody who had actually at one point, you know, uh, been approached by the Kenny government to run for them provincially. Uh, what they didn't like the government at the time, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah, sure. And then they appointed me. Now, I'm not a member of the Liberal Party, not a member of the Democrat Party, not a member of the Conservative Party. Uh, as a journalist, I never had any party affiliation, yeah. never made a donation. Are my views, people in Alberta know my views are sort of center-left. Uh, you know, I guess I'm what you would call a progressive, but I was never somebody who had a particular connection to the prime minister. I shocked someone the other day by saying I've never met him. 
hmm. uh, not not before and not after. So, you know, and the, the challenge becomes uh, that not enough people know what's happening in the Senate or who has been appointed. So a number of the people who've been appointed under this process um, were former conservatives, uh, and some of them are some of them are now in sort of a small C conservative independent group called the Canadian Senators Group, which is led by Scott Tannis. Uh, so, you know, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. If you look at the people who've been appointed under this system, uh, some of them are people who have small L liberal views, but uh, quite a few of them are people who would be, I guess what you'd call, you know, old fashioned red toy. Right. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Um, okay, Paula, the, the, the question, why, why is... Albertans having the opportunity to elect a slate of nominees, not an effective way of doing it. Why is that not a better way, giving the voice to Albertans to say, hey, this is who we want representing us in the Senate? Why is that not a better way than this independent advisory panel? You seem to think the advisory panel is is a better way to go rather than electing them. It's not so much that I think that. It's that I think we need to be very honest about what we're talking about here. Why, why is it useful to have an elected upper house? Uh, sorry, an unelected upper house, let's put it that way. Okay. What is the purpose of the Senate? The purpose of the Senate is fundamentally to be a bulwark against majority tyranny. The Senate exists to protect the interests of the regions, but also to protect the interests of minorities and to protect the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. The thing that gives us the power to do that is that we're not attached to an election cycle. So we can take the long view of things, we can take unpopular positions, even if they're not supported by the majority of Canadians, because it is explicitly our job to protect minority rights, and it's explicitly our job to hold the government to account. So we get our power and our independence from the fact that we are appointed and not vulnerable to election cycles. That's that's why the Supreme Court of Canada said that Senate elections were unconstitutional. Uh, well, I mean, because, but okay, because, but, because that's that's the compact. And the other thing is because we are not accountable to voters, we show proper deference to the House of Commons. If you had two elected chambers, they would constantly be at loggerheads the way we see in the United States. And it's interesting to note that the American Senate was initially supposed, you know, was an appointed body. And that changed over time. And the challenge is then you have two elected houses who both derive their authority directly from the people. And then one, there's a, there's a, there's a constant uh, butting of heads. 
the way the Senate works is we don't get to second guess every decision of the elected House of Commons because they're elected and accountable to the people. We don't backseat drive mm-hmm. every decision. We just don't kill bills willy nilly. We we oppose bills if they're unconstitutional. Um. When you talk about being involved in the election cycle, and I can understand what you're saying. I mean, you as a former journalist, you and I both know that a politician's first job is to get elected, and the second job is to get is to stay elected. And that's the key distinction for me. If These are lifetime appointments, or up until the age of 75. You don't have to worry about being re-elected. Once you're into the Senate, you're in. Uh, you know, Doug Black hasn't run again to be a, a senator. He was elected, nominated, and put in. Um, so he's not involved in the election cycle once he gets in. So the independence is there, is it not? Well, but then you get to the question, you know, when 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 uh, Aaron O'Toole says we need these elections to hold senators accountable, if you're elected till 75, to whom are you accountable precisely? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you it, it it's just a different other way of selecting nominees. The challenge is that, you know, uh, Mr. O'Toole said uh, this week that he was going to encourage other provinces to do this and that he if he were prime minister... He would provide money for those elections. I am not a constitutional law professor, but I know a lot of constitutional law professors, and I think Mr. O'Toole may find that what he's suggesting is unconstitutional as the Supreme Court ruled as recently as 2014. So the, the, the other challenge becomes that if you have Senate elections in Alberta and And everybody knows, as you stated at the outset, that the only people who are going to appoint the winners are a conservative government. Then the only people who run with a legitimate chance of winning are conservatives. I mean, granted, in this election uh, campaign so far, we have two candidates, one of whom is Duncan Kinney, who is uh, considerably further to the left on the political spectrum than I am, and is running on a platform of Senate abolition. But realistically, in all of our past elections, the only people who ran were conservatives, uh, whether they were of the Reform Wild Rose variety or the uh, progressive conservative variety. The only candidates were conservatives, and the only winners were conservatives, and the only people who got appointed were conservatives. And that is not a legitimate representation or reflection of the population of this province. So you set up a system whereby the elections become tainted at the outset, because they are not reflective of the whole population. Not only that, you have a challenge that hadn't frankly occurred to me until fairly recently, uh, which is that if you tie the elections to the municipal election cycle, and First Nations don't have municipal elections on that cycle, how do you get representation uh, from First Nations reserve communities who may not have you know, uh, ballot boxes on reserve? And it's antithetical to the purpose of the Senate, which, as I say, is to protect minority rights, charter rights, and, and the rights in the treaties. Um, if, you, if you set up a system that excludes First Nations, it's prima facie unfair. Yeah, and the province has addressed that by saying they will offer you know, election services to First Nations uh, during that cycle to, to try and address that concern. Um, just before I let you get out of here, very quickly, uh, Bill C-220, I know you've been involved with Matt Janeru on that one, um, the extension of bereavement leave in federally regulated industries. Just give us an update on that. Where do we stand? Yeah, well, this is 
very exciting. And this is an example of the kind of nonpartisan uh, things we in the Senate can do, because uh, Matt is obviously a conservative MP from Edmonton Riverbend, uh, and I am a not conservative senator. And we've worked together on this bill, C-220. Uh, we've seen it successfully now through Senate committee. Uh, it came out of committee with unanimous support and no amendments. It's on the order paper uh, to be uh, part of third reading debate this Thursday. I have my fingers crossed that we have a very busy order paper, but I really hope that we will see that bill uh, passed by the Senate this Thursday. And if not this Thursday, then maybe early next week, Monday or Tuesday. I I have high hopes, although we're running up against a very sticky, uh, hard deadline. Senator, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the update on 220 and your uh, spirited defense of the independent uh, appointment uh, policy that we have in place. Thank you so much. Sure, thanks, Jay. Bye-bye. That is Senator Paula Simons.